we go, man. We're live. So today I have Shihan with me. Um, probably, probably one of the most random. Uh, okay, you you don't know about this now. I I purposely <laughs> saved it until we rolled. Um, but you're the f- I think you're the first person who I did not know who I was like, hey, I I have a podcast. Oh really? Yeah, because no. they all shared with I like like I told you um. It's only kind of something that I I tell my friends about, and you know people that people that I'm close to, and 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 people who are like, hey, you know, are you still putting out any material or content out there? Then I'll say, yes, I have a podcast, so I chat with my friends. So oh, you're the first person who I was like, oh, okay, if if um if this guy who I met is interested in content that I'm doing, then like, yeah, I'll do it. And then um so so let me set the scenario first. Sorry, I'll I'll hog the conversation no before before you start. So um uh I was at the gym on like uh it was freaking late at night as well. It was one AM. It was like one AM, right? Definitely. So it was it was late. Um and that's kind of uh, that that's one of the times that I go to the gym. If not it's early in the morning. But I happened to be like lifting at like 1am ish and uh shirhan and a friend were there so they just said hey are you eating and then um he was like hey you know i i, I miss the stuff that you used to put out which i was like oh i appreciate that kind of stuff um and one very interesting thing was that you asked me you're like how are you you know and that kind of took me by surprise because it's very rare that i meet people um who have you know watched my stuff or whatever watch material that i've made and have gone. How are you? Oh, it, really? Yeah, it's really? it's it's usually like, um, w- it's usually like, oh, what do you do? What do you do for a living? Or like, um, how do you get followers? Or how do you do this? It's always a how do how do how do. Um, but not really like a just hey, how how are you? <laughs> you know. So I thought that was very different. And then um, you and then I told you that hey, look, bro, I got a podcast going. Um, I talked to some uh, some friends and people who live interesting lives and whatnot, and I just want to make a a podcast for the for the male community to kind of encourage people. And then, out of nowhere, you just were like, "I have cancer." Then I was like, "Wait, what?" Oh yeah, yeah. And then and then so Shirhan goes, uh, "I I am a cancer survivor," and I go, "You're a what?" And then he he began to like explain, and I said, "Okay, cool. This sounds good, but." I probably want to hear this on the podcast, actually. So I invited him around, and that's how we ended up here today. Yeah. yeah. So um, sorry for hogging the whole thing before, oh, but um, yeah. So I, I think first of all, we can we can just uh, talk about it this way. Um, you go to the gym with that friend to look good aesthetically, or is it because you're training for a sport? Uh, okay. For in terms of um. Going to the gym, mm-hmm. uh, I won't say go there because uh, ever since I was young, I was born very very skinny. Like I was malnourished, especially in primary one, primary two. Okay. My weight was barely like thirty five, thirty ish, which was obviously even though I was small size, it was terrible, and okay. I would always get um I had a ter- terrible um history with bullying because okay. uh, yeah when I was younger it was very difficult for me to go to school. I mean it wasn't particularly very difficult. But right. more of every time I went to uh, school, anything, the bigger boys, especially the ones from other co- overseas, they mm. are two, one to two years older and they are massive. Like right. compared to me, I'm like their knee height, especially. Right. So, okay, so- wait, to, to be fair, to put this in a bit of context, so right now you're not short. Right now you are taller than me. I'm 170. I bet you're at least what? I'm 177. Yeah, there you go. So you're not you're not a short guy, but I guess maybe when you're, oh, maybe you had a, a, a later growth spurt. Uh, I think I, my most growth spurt was like sec 
secondary two. Secondary okay. Two, oh, that's three. pretty late. Actually, that, that's, that, pretty that, late. that's pretty yeah, late. Right, right, right. Late. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So yeah. the the taller kids were yeah, picking. I was on me. I was sec in sec two. I was was one sixty one six one one six two. Oh, but then really? in sec three sec four, I grew to one seven seven. Wow. Yeah. It was ever, okay. I don't think it's that much in my opinion because my friends, uh, who I swear in secondary four they were shorter than me. Right, right now they're one point eight five. Oh, and I wow. have no idea how they do it. Really? I, I, I guess I will never know, but but I I, I know that there's uh, like girls like taller guys, so <laughs> so that that's in your court. I'll never that, get to that, experience that what is, is Yeah, it. majority of girls do like taller guys, but uh, right? I think yeah. I don't think I'm that tall because all my friends around me are one point eight minimum. Right, like really. So like all my ten friends, all of them are one point eight. So really? every time I'm around them, right, I seem so short. But when they meet me in person, I'm like decent at least, <laughs> average at least. Decent, yeah. I, if if I'm not wrong, the average um, around Southeast Asia, the shortest height is Philippines, mm. and then Singapore is actually one of the taller ones in Southeast Asia. If yeah. I'm not wrong, yeah. and if I'm not wrong, the average should be just. Uh, just a bit above my height, so I'm one seventy. I think the average is one seven one or one seven two. That's av- what I. Mm. The average in Singapore is for males is one seventy, one seven one. It's increased oh, over, over the past few years. It's increased oh. due to uh, our younger, our generation being uh-huh. a lot taller than previous because of better nutrition. Really? Yes. Is that uh, what it was? Uh, how do you say the? Uh, I've read a few uh, cases, especially right. when it comes to they tend to feed people, uh, especially us like more food. Uh, the baby, the baby formulas in a sense have a lot more calcium in them, right. and and the genetics it just doesn't really add up because my parents are one sixty and I'm okay. one seven seven. My friends same thing. My they have parents. His parents were one six five, one six four, and he's one eight five. And yeah, that that's interesting. You see, mm. my because I'm not from tall genes. Like mm. my grandmother and gra- my grandma and granddad are extremely short. But mm. my granddad, because he was he's Japanese. My great my my granddad is Japanese, okay. so he was there during the war. Mm. So bombs were dropping. There was okay. no food and all that. So even his veins, if you look at it, they're very very thin, mm. right? So. You know, that that's interesting how like the different things that we go through actually affect like the next generation right, and right. and I think I guess as Singaporeans um, these days people are more well off I mean we're, we're a fairly well to do country we're definitely significantly better than majority of like I say 95% of the world in my opinion even the right. okay, even like let's say the US you compare uh, the US has significantly high homeless rates and Singapore yes. even though we do have homeless people it's so low because the I mean the government and I believe they're really trying their best to push for uh, more uh, more affordable housing in a sense but right. obviously nowadays like a HDB is like six seven hundred thousand which is <laughs> truly insane yes obviously. <laughs> no but, it, but but what you say is true and that you know like as as the nation um as we become wealthier I think um the food gets better the quality of living gets mm. better and yeah it does make sense that that people will start um becoming taller I guess I missed it by 10 years <laughs> but but anyway um yeah so then so when I met you, you were talking about um, Taekwondo. So did mm. did bullying lead to Taekwondo? Ah, uh, yes. Or? <laughs> okay. Uh, it's quite interesting because ever since young, I was always very hyper. So okay. in like, I, I swear, I'm, I'm still diagnosed with ADHD, but I've okay. never actually gone to a doctor for it. But uh, I have a lot of signs and uh, symptoms that shows that, oh, I actually have like more of uh, inattentive or an... Uh, uh, inattentive ADHD, which right. is a particular type. So, uh, I was. So, ever by the way, same here, brother. Like my, oh, really? my parents always say I have ADHD, but please mm, go on. Yeah, say my my sister, and my mom were, were like, "My God, you don't stay still, do you?" <laughs> which is like, is right. right. Yeah. Then, uh, the thing is, I always believed that um, uh, martial arts or combat sports are really cool because ever since young, I always wanted to defend myself and always wanted to develop uh, a strong sense of like ever since like a strong sense of um. 
capability in a sense right, like a strong right. sense of independence ah that's the word I'm looking for right. like being able to uh, fend for myself and fend for other people if because I know how it's like to be picked on and everything so which is why uh, ever since young I always oh I want to go to a taekwondo school mother uh, ah. mom dad I want to go to uh, jujitsu boxing however they constantly did not let me until okay. uh, Polytechnic in Tomasic Polytechnic by the way shout out to Tomasic Polytechnic best Polytechnic yeah. in the world <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. I went to Tomasic Polytechnic um, okay. um, and I was like oh wow uh, they have Taekwondo and I'm going the reason why my parents didn't let me is because they believed uh, me being so hyperactive I would push myself too far and I'll probably injure myself which in hindsight was probably a good idea <laughs> yes <laughs> if you really look at it back but right. um I went to uh, Taekwondo in uh, Tomasic Polytechnic and I was like, wow, the community is actually quite fun. Uh, I can finally do a martial art now. So when I went into Taekwondo, very late, obviously, I was already 17, 17 to 18. uh, When I first started Taekwondo, when all of my friends, I already see like they're all black belts already. They started. But but this this means, this would mean that you started stretching later. Very late. Terribly late, but were you still able to catch up flexibility wise? I was definitely able to catch up in terms of uh, flexibility. Uh, right now I'm still uh, far behind, obviously, okay. but I'm much more flexible than I was initially uh-huh. because I believe. I mean, you uh, you personally do karate as well, so yeah. I understand the importance of uh, both static and active flexibility. Right. Yeah, right. Oh yeah. my goodness. Okay, I <laughs> hate to interrupt, but like, no worries, no worries. man, I can go on a tangent about this because. When it comes to like the older um, older instructors, right? They tend to bounce when they stretch, okay. and that's something that I always thought was was not right. Because um, I mean, if you look at it from a medical standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. When we're when we're like stretching and we're bouncing, yeah. like I mean, if you are, like, I mean, there are different terms for it, but. Mm. If you're of a high level and you're already warmed and you're at the right place, you know, and you try to increase it by a little bit by pushing, that does make sense. But yeah. when I see people stretch and just try to like bounce while they're stretching, it makes me go like, ah, because right. the defense mechanism of your body is to is to like yeah, clinch up and definitely. not let your muscles relax, mm, right? Mm. Yeah. You must definitely uh, put, especially when stretching. Uh, when you stretch, you must uh, push yourself to that limit of discomfort, but keep yourself there. It's not about bouncing. It really, right. it really defeats the purpose. And because your tension is not constantly there, there's no point in doing exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I once, I once heard that. Um, this is the Japanese side of me speaking. That when young boys want to become sumo wrestlers, mm-hmm. they will. Okay, do, did you know that almost all sumo wrestlers can do this full split? Oh really? Yes, that be- is so interesting. Yeah, because they're like I don't know, two hundred over kilos, mm-hmm. right? So if they fall, they will break something very easily, mm-hmm. which is why they're so flexible, so that they can fall in any angles and be mm-hmm. safe. So what they do is in sumo school, they teach them all to like split. That's why you see the sumo like squat. Their legs are like very, very square, like on the sides. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, so oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Right, it does, it right? So, um, but what I heard was that when they teach these younger boys, they will teach them until they are 90% to the full split. Mm. They won't let them like 100% split. I They'll see, make them 90% split. And then when they're holding that, the older instructor will jump on them and tear their like inner inner thigh mm-hmm. area, and they said that when once you've torn that, you don't have to stretch anymore for the rest of your life. I don't know how true that is. I've never heard of that. Yeah. But it it okay on the surface it really sounds a really terrible excuse to just jump on your students that, because it doesn't make sense. You tear yes. a portion. If you're telling me a pull and you can recover it, sure. But right. you the, the the word that they use is tear which yeah. i've know all my friends a lot of my friends with tall ACLs, tall hamstrings they are in terrible condition and That's they right. and they come out much worse than before because they 
they were too um, passionate about stretching in a sense. Uh, ah. Yeah, they were too into it. Yeah, Can definitely. I ask if you are the sparring guy or the pumse type? I do both. I do both. Okay. So, uh, but the thing is, uh, okay, this is interesting. So, uh, in Samasic Polytechnic, there obviously is, I mean, all martial arts, there's Kyurgi and uh, Pumse. Th- there's uh, what? Kyur- Kyur- Kyurgi. Kyurgi, Kyurgi is sparring. Is sparring. Oh, yes. how, do you, how do you spell it? K-Y-O-R-G. I, I need a pen and paper. Okay, okay, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay no, I'll, I'll look it up. Kyurgi. Yeah, Kyurgi. Um, K, okay, this I can take some time. K-Y-O-R-G-U-I, I think. G-U-I, let me see. Oh yeah, you're right. K-Y-O-R-U-G-I. Oh, U-G-I. Kyorugi. Kyorugi, Kyorugi, Kyorugi. is sparring. Sparring, Pumse yes. is like is, uh, kata. Yeah, kata. Yes, the board, ah, yes. Mm. Okay, yes. and so you did both. I did both, yes. Uh, the thing is, uh, unfortunately, uh, okay, in Tomatic Polytechnic, okay. we have these games called uh, Polite Games, uh, Poly-ITE games. Ah, yes, yes, same with karate. Yeah, same with karate, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, what we do is we train, in Tomatic Polytechnic, we train both extensively, of course, but because for me, mm-hmm. uh, I was already had a strong Pumse background because ever since I was entered, right, uh, right. I, the basics of every student is to learn the patterns before even in combat. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that, yeah, that's the things. But the thing is that my coach realized that my in terms of pattern, I had a lot of strength in my blocking and right. my stances so they kept me in Pumse for a long period of time even though right. I was so interested into fight because fighting was like I swear it's that, that's my, why you that, joined yeah, it. it it's sorry terribly sorry yeah. it's in my body it's like right. in my blood like, like you know you know, I think you can understand yeah. let's say you're at the side and you see people combat like kicking targets right your legs will itch yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah your legs will itch like, right, be, right? Yes. you really want to kind of right. thing yeah, exact, exact same thing uh-huh. so uh I really wanted to do sparring. However, they kept me at a blue belt. So the, the pattern system is white, yellow, green, blue, red, black. And that's so black. sorry, white, yellow, yellow green, green, blue, blue, red, red, black. Red, black, then black, right? Red, black, then black. Right, and right, in between okay. the lines, the, the belts, obviously there are lines. So it's white, white, yellow, 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 green, green, green ah. blue. But the thing is you can double. So you can basically okay. save $25 from going to <laughs> to the, right, yeah, to to the, the grading. Yeah, to the grading yeah. Okay, okay. So exact same thing. So I went all the way to blue quite okay. very early actually. But the thing is I was forced to stay there for three to four years. <laughs> yes, yes, that's the thing. So I was, so in order to fight in a competition, it must be red belt. And I was training Pumse. Oh. Yeah, I trained Pumse all the way to in 2018, 2019. And I was... Uh, Wait, why Why did they not let you grade? Oh, because very simply... They want you to they be want in me that to category. Be, to be in that category. Ah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. In BJJ, this is called sandbagging. Um, yeah. Sandbagging. So they'll purposely make people stay at white belt so that they can win competitions even though they're yeah. so experienced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the ah. thing. That's the thing. So it's just really entertaining because as a blue belt, I when I went to... Uh, I, I, I Even though I did Pumse a lot, especially yeah. but that's mostly towards the competition period, I still uh-huh. did the sparring training and everything, which is really uh-huh. entertaining because whenever uh, a red belt or black belt sees me in their class, they, yeah. they think, why is he here he shouldn't be here <laughs> that's then, funny then, then that's really funny then they, they found out that I can sort of keep up they're like okay <laughs> oh, doesn't mean anything yeah definitely. wow oh, that's yeah. interesting yeah. that's really you know so, smurfing yeah 100% yeah 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 <laughs> so um, okay so so you were I guess focused in Pumse then after that you're like um, Kyorgi it is yeah, that Kyorgi. you wanted to try yeah. so you did both. I did both. So I trained Pumse, I trained Kyorgi and Pumse. However, I I, in terms of competition, I only could officially participate in Pumse because I'm only a blue belt. But I, 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 already, ha- I already had plans to, be, to fight in the final polite games, actually. Uh-huh. But the thing is that uh, I was held back because uh, of internship. I couldn't go for my grading. I, I was too flooded with work. Like, yeah. yeah really you, you know what's interesting is that in, in karate, it's actually kind of the opposite. <laughs> Usually the 
kata guys mm. are the higher ranking guys mm. and the kumite people the the sparring guys don't necessarily have to be of a high level oh. because in karate there's so many katas so there's mm. so many things to learn so mm. until you reach the level of learning a competition level kata it takes a long long time really? but sparring people they like day one they're already doing sparring that's great. so it's the opposite like <laughs> I, I didn't that, know yeah. in taekwondo you had to be a red belt to yeah you know to, oh that's very yeah. very interesting cool, mm, cool. And, i mean and, uh the thing is uh in grading uh if you're a green belt blue a uh, green belt onwards you have to have like shadow sparring with like whichever is nearby you whoever's taking the grade at the same time which right. is actually really uh funny because a lot of the time when we do it you will see eight to six year olds doing it with you so i had oh. once fight a six-year-old in front of me and oh. i swear it was so adorable but <laughs> yeah. i could not bear to throw a single kick of course yeah, yeah. i still doubled obviously okay but it was so entertaining because he really he was so into it and, uh-huh. and he was actually hitting me and i had to demonstrate my kicks but how do i do, <laughs> you do the dilemma of like because right. he was so small as well i didn't right. want to accidentally step on him <laughs> but but i love that i think that i think that this this little kid is giving it his yeah, all yeah, right, he's like right, right. this dude is like you know david and goliath like this guy's like <laughs> double my size but i'm still gonna right Right. Yeah, he's so great. passionate it's really, really is a, a touching sight because he sh- it shows that he really was into taekwondo and right. like a lot of people do taekwondo because they're forced to there are a number of, number of schools actually that yeah. force taekwondo but that, that kid was definitely something else oh, I that's really awesome. see right? that's <laughs> awesome man and then yeah. right 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 that's cool so so now you are not continuing taekwondo or do you still do it once i still do it taekwondo oh you still do it okay (laughs) sickness cannot stop me definitely not wow and well you're not in uni yet no but when you do get into uni i guess you will continue Uh, okay okay? so uh unfortunately uh that is where i have a a small dilemma because uh not all unis have taekwondo uh, not just uh, i mean that all unis have taekwondo in singapore oh really oh really as far as i know especially yeah ncu nus sim uh SIT, uh, SMU all have Taekwondo in my, to my oh, knowledge definitely right, right. but the issue is uh, because as much as I want to continue Taekwondo I am still a you know a cancer patient uh, stage 4 cancer patient okay. so because of that I have a number of severe uh, not severe serious procedures to go through um, so I, I have a surgery actually coming up in March yeah okay yeah that surgery is terribly uh, extensive because um, so mm. the basis of it is a uh I'm going to cut open my body from my uh, chest level here yeah. all the way down to my uh, near my crotch region. Yeah. It's like a big opening. And then what they're going to do is they're going to remove all of my internal organs. Well, mostly my intestines, actually. They're going to flip it out. And they're going to see, they're going to at the back where your body has these kidneys. It's uh, two major blood vessels which travel all the way to your legs. That's okay. what gives blood to the legs. Okay. So that is where, according to the CT scan, where all my lymph nodes are so a bit of information on lymph nodes they are mutated cells from cancer cells so basically they are the in in a sense cancer cells itself but they're like they're the reason these these lymph nodes expanded and mutated and like converged into like one big lump all because of uh the cancer cells uh, attacking it in a sense which is why just so okay okay wait, hold on hold on this is a lot to unpack this right. is insane okay first of all i have to say that like mm-hmm. i i appreciate how you're like so open about it and i and i think that's that's awesome because by doing this you know like th- this is the thing that I, I talk about a lot as well you know in in life we go through many different things right we go through ups and downs we go through mistakes we go through pitfalls we go through sickness we go through pain we go through, go through lots of shit right yeah, yeah. but i think very often especially as men we try to like not 
share it you know and we're like oh you know we'll put up a front um but no that's great i think that's really great that you're sharing it right so can can i ask i guess so that we can get context in the whole thing right now you said you are a stage four cancer cancer person yes okay can i understand a little bit pardon my my ignorance i did a bit of research before you came over but stage one if you detect it early it's something that something can be done about it right so how does this this work? Okay, that, that so uh, state cancer has four stages, as you know, uh, one, okay. two, three, and four. Uh, stages one to three are very much survivable. Reasons because okay, stages one to two uh, are cancer stages where, in mo- in most cases, they, nothing happens. Not you do nothing about it. Reasons because their detection is so early, and they believe that it could simply just be a product or something else. Ooh, this is uh, one to three. Yeah, one, one and two mostly. Oh, one, one and two. two. Yeah, okay, one and two right. mostly. Where they will detect the tumor, but the thing is, most of the time, they don't know if this tumor will actually do anything now or later. So right. the procedure to cure cancer, step one, is always to remove the source. So okay. uh, if you want to know, my type of cancer is testicular cancer, meaning uh, my testicles have tumors in them, which causing them to spread cancer cells to my body. Um, my mm. left one specifically. So in order mm. to do that, you need to remove the source entirely. So right now, I only have one testicle, right. my right side. Okay. Right. So... What's happen- what happens is uh, for stages one and two, a lot of the time they don't do anything because they, they think that, oh, it could be nothing or it could just be something that, uh, a byproduct or something else. That's the thing. So uh-huh. tends nothing to be done. But if you want to be play safe, you can remove it early and more or less you're good. You're, and and you're this good. was your choice to have it removed. I guess your parents' choice. Oh, unfortunately, I detected it only at stage four. I had no choice. I see. Yeah, that's the thing. That's why, because my condition is actually a very uh, complex and intense one, actually. Okay. Reasons because, uh, uh, okay, would you like to know, like, <laughs> uh, how, okay, so, okay. Go, in, no, please, okay, anything. For more, yeah, for, yeah. More, for more context, basically. Okay. Then stages three is where the area, particularly, particularly the area of where it was detected, for example, breast cancer. Okay. Stage three is where the mutated cells have already uh, spread to most of that particular area. Okay, okay so understand. stage three is still very much uh, curable. Uh, you can just remove the source and a bit of chemotherapy. That is more than enough. And most of the time, stage three is very very curable. I'd say, uh, obviously it depends on the type of cancer. But for testicular cancer is the most treatable form in cancer. Yeah, that, in the world. yeah that's what I read. Yeah, I thought that was most, interesting. Yeah, that, that is the, it's most, the treatable, most treatable form of cancer because How? it's outside of the body. Because the testicles are outside of the body. Okay, not okay. That in addition, yeah. uh, the particular I'm not exactly sure, but it turns out because uh, the type of chemicals they use. Okay, right. uh, for me is bleomycin, uh, cisplatin, and uh. I forgot it's called BEP that is the uh, okay. these are like three chemicals that they use for uh, chemotherapy so uh, these chemicals react very well against uh, testicular cancer cells right. so they they do it uh, that's why it's such a high success rate and high survival rate is because right. testicular cancer uh, reacts so well to these uh, chemotherapy that like 95% of the cases, chemotherapy right. is all you need and a bit of surgery just to remove the go full stop. However, oh, okay. um, mine, uh, how do you say, like I said, uh, stage three is where the area of the, where it origin from, or the origin is from, right, is mutated, but it hasn't spread to other regions yet. For me, unfortunately, right. I discovered it far into stage four where the cancer cells have already infected my lungs in a sense. So uh, right. my left lung, especially right now, has yeah three massive tumors like uh if you're talking you want to talk about size this is before chemotherapy of course the okay. size of the uh, tumors were six to eight centimeters yeah that's one for each so okay. the smallest one is what four to six the bigger one is eight to nine <laughs> yeah 
it really is that big. So it, it feels like um bytes one, two, three. It really is uh quite a mass on me. And in addition to that, wow. I also have the lymph nodes, which I said earlier, yeah. the amalgamation of cells. They are towards my back. So what happened back then was it was so painful. So it, okay, it was so painful that it was pushing my spine. So I was always tilted one side, which was terribly painful, obviously. And the size of Gosh. the amalgamation, so lymph nodes we all have, they are about one to two centimeters. In most cases, are about a millimeter. Uh-huh. Mine were four centimeters, and they were a big bunch. It's like uh, it's like someone like shoved a whole a fruit in my my back. Yeah, that's literally how it how I felt and looked. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I I don't know how you're talking about this like so casually, but <laughs> it's, it's uh, uh, yeah. I've I've ever that really. So you've like come to terms with it. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I think that there's no point in being uh, how'd you say so uh sad about it because yeah. at the end of the day, it is. I'm still fighting. I'm still alive. Yeah. I'm still here. So wow. that is definitely uh. I believe as long as I'm here, there's always a chance for me to uh, counter and do my best, you know, which is why I'm trying my best to exercise and, and try to hit my physical peak before uh, wow. I, I reach, yeah. Damn, mm. respect, man. <laughs> okay, it's not, uh, I don't think it's that respectful. It's just a small thing. It really is I a small thing. I need to grab a water, man. This is <laughs> same, intense. Same. Okay, when, when, I, when I picture cancer, right, mm. I picture like, um, I don't know if it's, if it's Spawn or was it like um, Spider-Man or something where like this black thing like spreads mm. into I their body. I, knew, I think I know where you get the image from. It's from a TED Talk video. Uh, no, uh, okay, no, okay, I don't okay, think so, okay, but, okay. but so, yeah. this is just in my head. I okay. imagine that that's what it's like, it, it, right? It really, is, it really is. It's like that. It is like that. Yeah. So the, yeah. the cells, the let's just call them bad cells, just because okay, we're cells. both okay. not doctors. Okay. Um, the, the bad cells then spread, and it starts to take up more of your body. Yes. That's what's going 100%. on. 100%. So okay. the tumors have... Uh, Okay, this is very interesting because testicular cancer patients, right, they'll be able to detect it early reasons because the one of the testicles tend to be enlarged or right. overly uh overly painful. For me, it was the sec- exact same size, the slight enlargement, it was slightly enlarged, but okay. there was nothing uh for me to be worried about exactly. Right. Because it wasn't any I also stopped, it was like, Oh, I don't think you have testicular cancer because it is it looks the same. However, yeah. uh, a scan showed that um the tumors were inside my, t- my testicle itself. That's right. why you can't feel anything. And they were so small. Right. However, they were so small, they've caused so much damage to my body, which is why the doctors think that my type of testicular cancer is really, really rare. It's really something right. out of this, uh, quite extraordinary because it's something that you, uh, it's not typical at all. It really right. isn't. Right. No, but right. that, like, imagine you have all the signs, you have no signs at all that you have, like something's coming towards you and yeah. all of a sudden it's just there. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Exactly like that. Yeah. But so, okay. Uh, that that explains why you did not detect mm. it all the way until stage four. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> which is actually actually there were a lot of other signs which I chose to ignore the uh, reasons because uh a bit of more uh back uh context in a sense yeah, because uh in April that was the polite games for twenty twenty one it was okay. originally last year but because of COVID they had to push it back okay. so I was training for it for two and a half months uh intensive training four or five trainings a day uh, a week uh morning to night it was. I won't say torturous, but it was definitely very painful. And I definitely like felt healthier than before, obviously, because of pushing myself in Pumse, and I still fought a bit one here and there. Okay. Unfortunately, I had severe back pain for about eight months to 10 months. That's okay. the thing. And this back pain, I thought, oh, it's because I'm just uh, gymming too much. I'm training too hard. I think it's just uh, a muscle thing. And I searched up online, oh, people, teens or teenagers or adults mm-hmm. of 19 to 21 have back pains often. So I decided it's not a big deal. Okay. So 
but the thing is, it was, I, because I believe I have a high pain tolerance because I believe, oh, I just push things aside and keep going on about, about my day. Mm-hmm. The thing is, because of my pain tolerance, I did not I think the pain was so bad until I realized that one day I could not, I could barely move in a sense. Right. But for some reason, my I have no idea what I was on. I still kept going to training every single day for two and three months. Every day, wow. my, my pain was, my back was killing me. It was as if someone's like constantly ripping out my spine in a sense. And that's the way to picture Gosh, it. Okay. I kept training every day, sweating so much. I was losing so much weight and I didn't even think about cancer at all because it's, right. it's, 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 it's it's you, so you unlikely. Just, yeah, you just yeah, think yeah. it's just a pain. Yeah, it's just a pain, and I'm and I'm healthy. I don't smoke. I don't vape. Yeah. I don't. I don't do anything at all. Which is right. so ironic. <laughs> really yeah, is. Yeah. So uh, after the competition, where I went to the competition the day before the competition, actually, yeah. uh, I had a last uh, few sets of like a uh, practice warm ups and everything. Okay. I was I was on the floor. I was crawling in pain but i still had to go inside and do my pattern as well as possible and they all said oh you did well okay great so i cannot mess this up anymore so the next day i went there i took as many painkillers as possible obviously within the legal dosage of paracetamol and everything and then i came i went there i did competition and i won it was lovely absolutely okay i was so happy about it because i was like oh all my pain and effort was definitely worth it and everything yeah then unfortunately uh it was, it was three events i won two and got silver for the third one it was it was not it's not a big deal but like uh it was a small margin why would there be three it's oh, pumse and then it's oh, the, reason, okay, the and... reason is because pumse yeah are multiple categories so there's individual team and ah yes yes yes, yes 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 okay i did i got gold for individual and team but pair got silver, which is not, uh, but the thing is that uh, it's because I had a, a small mix up in my psychic. <laughs> oh, but apart from that, uh, I think my pair, book, pair is one male, one female. One male, one female, yes. 100%. Must be one male, one must female. Be one male, okay, one female. The group is must be same gender. Uh, no, uh, male, female, male, or uh, female, male, female. It really depends. Oh, cannot be three guys. Cannot be three guys, cannot be three girls. Yes. Oh, I see. And, oh. for, and for plus points, they have, for, they have to be around the same height for better presentation. That's all. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I just recently, sorry to sidetrack, but mm, no I just saw a video of a Taiwanese girl mm. do a round off back tuck and she fell doing Pumse. Okay. But this was, I think it's like a freestyle It's a division, freestyle demonstration. Right? Yes, and yes. then there's music and then, yeah, so that, that's not an official event. That is theoretically an official event. People okay. do have marking systems and grading for it, okay. but it is not recognized in Olympics or in Olympic level or anything. So in the Olympics, what is played? Um, Sparring is played? Uh, uh, sparring and yeah. Pumse. In individual Pumse. In, individual team and pair. All three. All three. All oh, right. Yeah. So, okay. so the maximum number of medals you can win in one particular competition is four. I three, see. Three Pumse and one competition. Let's say you fight very well and you're, you're a master at Pumse, for example. D- there's no uh, team team sparring. There, oh, there is team sparring, actually. So that's fine. There, uh, but the thing is that that is not an official uh, for us, especially. Oh, it's uh, not. It's, it doesn't count in our melee count, it, in our total medal count for points for like overall championship. It's just right. a fun thing that everyone loves to do because it's so... It's, like, it's a, very like it's represent. So represent yeah, right, yeah, yeah. 100%. Ah, yeah. uh, that's cool. Yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. That's right. anyway, yeah. Yeah, sorry, sorry for sidetracking. No, definitely. While not. we're on an important topic <laughs> here. But um, <laughs> yeah, so, so I mean, first of all, congrats on on winning that i i, oh, I thank hope you, thank people you. that are competing against you when they listen to this they're like oh my goodness that's what he was battling with um, <laughs> it's yeah. it, it's not a big deal in my opinion i don't think i deserve like such a such a big praise of like oh my god you beat or you won with cancer it's just i just did my best and i got and that's I, I love that man hey do, do you you know Okay, first of all, can I ask, mm-hmm. like, if if the, at any point you feel like you're not comfortable with it, just let me know, mm-hmm. you know, but um, 
when you first got the news, right? Mm. Like, how did it sink in? Did it? Did, was there like a stage of grief? Was there like you know? I'm sure your family as well is very mm. difficult for your sister and your parents, right? So like, what what is the journey like between mm. getting that news mm. and you being so like strong and out there today? You know what <laughs> what is the journey like? This is where, in my opinion, the podcast will peak, especially this episode, oh, because okay. this is where everything happened, like everything at once. Okay. So, in my opinion, uh. I've always been uh, the recipient of hardship in majority of my life because, you know, uh, my parents weren't the best role models, my father especially. He was extremely abusive, okay? So my mother right. was, uh, as, as she's loving, she's caring, I love her so much. She uh-huh. really is fantastic. Right. But the thing is, uh, sometimes she can get overly stressed and therefore she herself would like tend to lash out at us sometimes, which I completely understandable, obviously, because she's, so, she's the only one working. Okay. My father uh, doesn't work. So because of that, he... Uh, he didn't uh, do anything apart from just stay at home, obviously. So my mom was stressed that uh, mm. uh, with work and everything. And so it's because I have always been recipient of like, in a sense of like being like the short end of the stick, if, right. you, if you understand that, uh, if you get it. Uh, because of that, it feels like uh, when, I got some, when I got this, it really didn't feel like a big thing because even though uh, people can say, oh, I peaked in life because I won a competition. I was about to enter NTU. I have fantastic uh, grades and everything. Mm-hmm. I won't say fantastic grades. I have a 3.7. It's not a big deal. It's right. like, eh, I okay. can definitely get a lot better. Okay, <laughs> but things right, that, right. like, uh, I have decent grades and everything. But the issue was, uh, when I got when I got that news, it, re- it just felt like another day for me, if you think about it. Because... Really? Yeah, it really does. It really does. Because I've never... I understand like, oh, your life could be over, Shehan. Like, they, like, that's the mindset people keep telling me. Your life could be over. You're, you're, you're sick. You're terribly sick. But the thing is, yeah. my, I never ever felt that in my head. It never clicked in my head that it was such a big deal because I've always had that instances where, oh, right. uh, my father, uh, in a sense, like, not really my father, more of like my family in general was right. not a bad, it's a bad environment. I go to school sometimes, it's a bad environment. Right. So I just, getting another news from, uh, from the hospital, it just seems something like similar to that. So like just another yeah, day. Yeah, just another day. So I just shrugged it off. In a sense, I did have a lot of grief in like a little bit later because I was thinking like, oh, um, I worked so hard for a lot of what I do, in my opinion, yeah. especially in terms of my work ethic because sure. I really believe that uh, I'm not a very talented person in a sense because I started things late. I'm a like, terribly late bloomer and everything. Okay. But uh, I really, I really enjoyed... Uh, the success that I got or the however much success I received at the end mm-hmm. but the thing is uh, uh, even though uh, I did receive the news of like my life could come to an end it really felt as if I could just uh, obviously I even though the grief did hit me in the end I was like oh I could die and everything but it, really, it felt it lasted terribly short I think, is, is there a moment where you go through where you're like the fuck like why me yeah definitely 100 right this that happens to me on a day-to-day basis it i mean I like like it's like there's so many people in this world right. and you're like why in this life and in all the people why is why it me? me right definitely because yeah. uh, i have a sister just just a bit of additional context i have a sister right okay. she is i'm not close to her because she herself isn't particularly the best okay. but the thing is she uh I just say she had a more quote unquote blessed life than me because okay. my parents bought her much more because she was the older one. She was the first child. Okay. So in addition to that, she got given anything she wanted and everything. In terms of me, they were very hard. They would cane me, hit me. Obviously, they would cane my sister as well. Right. But for me, right, a lot of things could not go, could not just slide past. Let's say you lose right. your phone back then. Right. My sister would get a new one next day. 
if I even touched my phone at like past 10, I would get my ass beat. Okay. I would like, I'll be on the floor again, my ass beat. That's the thing. So yeah, yeah. so <laughs> that's the thing. Even though I definitely felt like, why me? Because yeah. uh, in this comparison, even though my sister is uh, given much more and everything, yeah. I, be- I always believe the concept of suffer now, laugh later. Right, Like right. definitely. But that never came. Yes. <laughs> if you understand what I mean, yeah. yeah. That really never came. Uh, I did enjoy, I do, I do love my friends so much. Like the, yeah. their company is all they ask for. They are fantastic people. But the thing is, even apart from that, I feel like my life, even though I, I suffered so much initially, yeah. in a sense, I it was still cut short in the end because I, of this, like there's so only so much I can suffer. Well, well I, I think we're too, wait, as in, as in you feel like all this hard work will mm. be put to an end is it in a sense because uh the news i received from my doctor was my life expectancy isn't very good uh after my w- news what, what does it sound like does it mm. does he give you a specific day or he's uh, just not like hey, a specific you need day to... but things that uh okay uh, if i did ha- if i had not gone through chemotherapy yes uh I would... your chemo is you've gone through it i've gone through it a long time ago uh, four rounds i completed my last i started in mid-july and okay. i ended in end september Okay, okay. Yes, it was two and a half months of oh goodness. Yeah, but this is eating pills, right? No, 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 no. Okay. Oh, every, it's not. Okay, every, okay. Please educate me. I'm sorry. Every, okay, chemotherapy is there are many ways uh chemotherapy is done, but for most cases, uh, it is simply a needle in the vein. Every single day, you go to the hospital, you get multiple needles in the veins, and then you get pumped okay. with chemicals for four to six hours a day, and then you go home. There you repeat that every single day. So every day you remove needle, insert needle, remove needle. So you can see on my arm right now, you can see like there are a lot of spots here. These are where all the needles have been in in a sense. Yeah. And I need to suffer wow. that for like two and a half months. Yeah. Every day. Almost every day. Every day. Every day. For two and a half months. Yes. And That's one cycle. Uh, uh, no, one cycle is uh, three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. Okay. And but you did it back to back. Back to back. Back to back. Back to back. Yeah. And, and this process makes the cancer sh- shrink yes because this, the chemicals that get into your body damage your body overall but it, it reacts to the cancer cells most effectively so therefore it, it's an overall like uh, you take some you lose some kind of thing so it's like it damages it, the cancer it weakens your it, body but it, it also body. weakens the it cancer cancers, it weakens the cancer cells a lot more it more much more effectively yeah if, if, if you understand how that means okay the reason and yeah that comes to the side effects of chemotherapy because it wasn't it, obviously the insertion of needles and everything is p- terribly painful but and the loss of hair oh 100% it was it, I mean like right. uh, I, had, I had quite long hair back then so I'm losing oh. my hair I was like oh, I was going to lose my hair anyway in national service right <laughs> but it's uh, I mean to have seen myself completely bald it was really but this is hair on your head or your eyebrows and everything as well oh right now no, 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 as in oh, like when you're going oh, through chemo. Like, oh, really? Like, like my armpits, my eyebrows. Really? You just my, lose... I, I stopped growing my, my facial hair for two what, two months. Yeah. Really? Entirely everywhere, yeah. Well, mm. can I ask like, what what does that do to you emotionally? Like when you go, oh, does, does it, you know, like... It definitely hit me very hard. You know, like, initially. is it hard? Is it kind of like, it's harder to be happy? It's harder to be positive? Mm, um, it definitely you know, is. Or do you feel like, you know, like, are you like constantly hungry or do you you know like what are the <laughs> because uh chemotherapy affects us all very much emotionally depression is a terribly uh, common cause cause because uh yeah. every day you go in you feel quite uncomfortable because the chemicals For are cold sure. the chemicals are cold your body will start reacting and then by the time you reach home you feel the number one cause or the number one uh, side effect is nausea so okay. my tummy would it's feel like vomiting te- uh, near vomiting near a lot of things my tummy would feel <sighs> terrible for three weeks every almost every single day then 
uh, I'll have a small break actually at the end of my at second or third week of every cycle right I have a few days mm. of break which is too great uh. but the thing yeah. is those days I spend like uh, my tummy would feel terrible like I could I can barely eat I can barely sleep it was terrible <sighs> and my uh, often my head I have small migraines right. my ears would ring quite often which is which were terribly um, I mean as much as I would like to say that, oh, it was it was no it was no kick for me. Obviously, right. it really did hit me quite a, a lot emotionally, especially sure. because I, I every, every day I go back suffering. I, my friends are all enjoying their holidays after the polytechnic. The moment mm. I got my diploma on April, I was diagnosed. It's almost as if I never got a break. <sighs> if you think about it, if you really think about it, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was interestingly enough. Uh, would you like to know the full story of like? Please. Okay, so <laughs> so I went to a, in April. Uh, I was diagnosed obviously okay. my parents were, were uh, obviously terribly sad but the thing sure. is that uh, in order to get information about my tumor exactly the tumors in my lungs uh, that they were massive obviously they had to perform a biopsy so a biopsy is what happens when you enter your body and remove samples of the particular infected area to for research and examination to determine what exactly is the cancer and what what should we do exactly they, they need to cut out bits no, of no, no no they need to insert a needle in me okay okay yeah. and and withdraw, withdraw a, a, sample a sample of, of the tumor the, okay all of this a week I was awake. I was lying there under Why? under anesthesia because uh these sort of things general anesthesia is not necessary. Local anesthesia is all they need. Oh oh yeah okay you have local anesthesia. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Okay hold for <laughs> one second I was like why are they okay okay I get it. It was really funny because okay. uh, they inserted that local anesthesia. I will literally see a needle like the size of my forearm just enter my body and it just and I was like how far are they going or oh, eight centimeters into your body eight whole centimeters so oh they, they inserted it in they took it out. Do do then, you not look? Huh? Oh, it was really entertaining because uh, the doctor was lovely. Reasons okay. she, she was fantastic, by the way. Her her skills were like ten out of ten. I okay. felt almost no pain. So, um, she she covered my uh eyes in a sense where it's like the covering. So there's like a blue color cloth over me so that okay. they can they, they can like specialize where the area is to insert. Uh-huh. The, the cloth just nice covered my eyes, so I couldn't see anything apart from her hands just moving above my eyes a bit a bit here and there, but not the needle itself. But then after I got, came out, I saw the size of the needle. It was in massive. That was after that. Right. Yeah. Then I was, yeah, after wow. it was. Can and, I know the doctor's hmm? name? Do you? Oh, unfortunately, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know. I couldn't even. I was, I was way too um stressed oh to, like, I, see, I, see. I was like uh, I, I wish i wish i could see her like she she worked in she works in sengkang general hospital sengkang okay hospital. okay yeah, she, was, she was lovely and she but, was terribly nice obviously okay <laughs> yeah. wow that's that's really cool so so they th- so now we're at the stage where okay you detected it Mm-hmm. And they have now they the biopsy right, yeah. so they need to take samples right. right, right? So right. what happens after? Okay, that? so I was about to go after the biopsy. Mm-hmm. Okay, unfortunately, the day before the biopsy was my graduation, so I was really happy. I went there with my graduation robe. I still I walked out and took my photo and everything. Obviously, all my friends were like, "Oh my god, Shana, are you okay?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine." The thing is that they do not believe I I have cancer to this day. Some of them because I look decent enough i guess yes. in a sense y- you look like you have nothing <laughs> your <laughs> positivity you, you. but <laughs> you, yeah you. but okay then i, I walk around i walk around even though i have a lot of pain right? i still walk around normally yeah this is like i'm enduring a lot and then they say oh look you're fine or I'm, I'm fine i'm fine they took okay. a photo of me they noticed that i'm terribly skinny because cancer causes me to burn a lot of calories a lot of fat. like i lost five kg in like two three weeks really yeah, i was 53 
Okay. That was my okay. lowest point. Now I'm 65. Wow. Now I'm 66 because I managed to buckle up back and everything. Right, yeah. right. Then uh, <laughs> on the day of my graduation, I took a photo of my family and everything. Yeah. Um, it was um, uh, unfortunately uh, at that night when yeah. I was talking to my friends because they were all, hey, congrats, uh, congratulations. I was on this call. I was like, oh, congratulations. Yeah. I heard my father call to me. And my yeah. father was like, oh, Sh- uh, Shang, could you come here real quick? Like he was screaming my name. I went inside yeah. and it turns out he's having a heart attack. Terrible heart attack. I ischemic heart attack. Wait, hold up. <laughs> hold up. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, 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 hold up. So he had, uh, your dad had a heart attack. Yes. The day before your the, biopsy. Yeah, the day before. It was six, if I remember correctly, eight to ten hours before my biopsy. Specifically, because my biopsy was at 8 a.m. I ha- I, it was 12 a.m. in the morning, 12 to 1. The, then he had a heart attack, okay? I called the, I called the authorities. He came over, did CPR. He transferred him to the hospital. Unfortunately, at 2 to 3 a.m., he passed away, which is really, really unfortunate, obviously. But the thing is, uh, how do you say? <laughs> Are you right? <laughs> no, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's just, this is why... Uh, this is all true. This is 100%. I, I, now I'm doing it at home with me and my mom. This is insane, man. <laughs> so he had a heart attack mm-hmm. and he passed away... At 2 or 3 a.m., one of the two, yeah. Before your biopsy Before day. my biopsy day. And yes. you went to do your biopsy See, the Immediately day. after, immediately after. And then after that was the wake and everything. Yes. Yes, one hundred percent. Which is ironic because the week before my grandmother passed away as well. So it was a constant sequence of terrible events. So it was first my grandmother, I felt terrible. I went to like say respects. I got home, my graduation, father passed away, biopsy. That was that all happened in five days. Five to seven. Yeah. <laughs> it was really a roller coaster. Okay. However, the thing is, I still felt no pain. Which is terribly which now, now you may think I'm I'm like bullshitting, but I really felt so little emotions because okay, like I said, my father was t- was an abusive person, so okay. I didn't have much of a connection with him. Uh, but the thing is, my friend said, "Oh, he's still your father," and I was thinking, yeah, yeah, I really wish I had a better relationship with him. Yeah. Uh, when I as I as I grew up, you know. Right. But unfortunately, that ne- I I don't have the chance anymore because right. uh he was so abusive to me. I didn't want to talk to him. I didn't want to even look like Gosh. look at him at all. I didn't I didn't even want to be in the same room as him because everything that came out of his mouth was terribly rude and right. uh, and often racist like and right. he would he would like hit me hit uh, and sometimes push my mother as well and i'm right. like and i mean my my parent my relatives always believe that he did his best but in my opinion he really could have done more but the thing right. is at the end of the day uh he's still my father so i at least have that level of respect minimum right. minimum in a sense but that- I, yeah that's why <laughs> yeah, that's that's another topic. Yeah, remind me to to touch on that the parent thing later. Okay, um, no worries, no worries. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so then we're at we're at biopsy. Okay. So, so what what do they do? The biopsy, they then take the sample. They take the sample, and then it takes a while to get the results. Week, yeah. Right? It exactly one. Okay. Near, okay. The thing is, the there was a bit of good news uh, originally because they said that the tumors may not be may not be uh, cancerous. I forgot the term for it. I think it's management and some. I've completely forgot. I I just it. saw it just now. Yeah. So, but yeah, I you too, understand. I too have about, forgotten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. 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 That's the thing. Um, these tumors, I really thought could there's a chance for it to be non-cancerous. Yes. 
can't. However, unfortunately, uh, it was supposed to take a week. Mm-hmm. However, because I was a more of a high priority patient, within three to four days, they really got back to me saying that, oh, this is very cancerous and terribly aggressive cancer. Wait, it was or it wasn't? Oh, no. The, the it, cancer there, there was, was a, There was a chance where it wasn't. However, after mm. the analysis, they said, oh, this is 100% cancer. And your tumor markers, tumor markers That's are- That's like the, the shittest right. confirmation right. I can think of. Yeah, this is like, oh, this is, yeah, definitely cancer. We need you to go to the National Cancer Center in Sengkang, which is in uh, Singapore General Hospital, right. for further evaluation and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I would like to say water. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So I'm. what I'm imagining is they, they tell you to go down and they say, look, you need to begin chemo ASAP. Not necessarily ASAP, but uh, in July. So I still, actually end of June. It doesn't be right. more accurate. So I had a lot of, uh, I won't say a lot of free time, but I had a month or two of like, just, even though it was a terrible pain, obviously. Yes. So yeah, every morning For I woke sure. up, I could not, walk like almost gonna walk there was a period there's a month there was like a few weeks where i was in a wheelchair because i cannot physically bring myself to stand up anymore and and which is ironic because a few weeks ago from that day i was still thinking that it was just a back pain i was I, I yeah kind of thing. yeah exactly yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing exactly I was, I was being wheelchair around and and especially for someone like me who prided in uh, i won't say pride but i had confidence in physical ability being wheelchair really felt a very low point in my life obviously sure. because I push myself for physical like physical competence in a sense right. but then to be wheelchair it's like it really feels as if I've been punched in the gut and punched in the dick in a the sense then Damn, yeah. yeah I have been on a wheelchair before because mm. I've broken things right oh, really? and, and whatnot yeah and also before surgery they always wheelchair you I don't know if it's I've oh, yeah, had, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know Definitely. they always wheelchair I, I, you I had no choice but to be wheelchair even though I said I could walk they said no 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 you, yes you, you have to you I think to. I honestly I think that's their way of making yeah they, and also they, they don't want you first of all I don't think they want you to be sweaty and tired and all mm. that mm. the other thing I think it helps you to be parked at one place so you don't mm. move around the, okay, I remember when I first had surgery, right? The one thing that freaked me out was that the, every nurse that I see, right? They they pass me from nurse to nurse to nurse to like anti, uh, what is it called? Anesthesist. And then and then everyone keeps asking me because I had like an operation. Uh, on, okay, no, this was my second one, sorry. It was on my right foot. I had to get it operated, right? And they would ask me, uh, hello, sir, can you please tell me what your name is? Then I give them my name. Then they're like, okay, can you give me an IC number? I give IC them this okay can you tell me which leg are you going to be operating opera uh, which leg is going to be operated and then i got so freaking worried right i was like wait uh, are you-, you telling me you guys don't know what operation <laughs> but then later on I, I i began to understand like ah okay they need to confirm this as they go from stage to stage they need to make sure like okay this is the correct patient we're not cutting open the wrong <laughs> patient right yeah but when i first had it done right i was i was just like do you guys not even know what operation they'll ask me like what operation are you here for mm-hmm. and i'm like damn it you guys don't know um my first ever, was it my? I think it's my first ever operation was actually to get my tongue cut. Um, so yeah, my um, the bottom of my tongue is like it was connected so far that I had something called like short tongue, so I couldn't stretch it out very far. So my first operation I was like, oh, it's a simple operation, it'll be fine, you know. And there I am sitting in a wheelchair right before I went into the operating theater. This bed came out i just i still remember vividly in my head this bed comes out and they're like rushing this guy on a bed and there's a doctor on on the bed giving him cpr and like everyone was like mad rushing and yeah that really made me feel like Mm. oh my goodness i've I've seen that multiple times already right right, right. yeah and it's like but 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 anyway, you know, like I, I, what I was gonna say was that okay, th- there's some there's some parallels here, right? Like, um, I think 
when you're on a wheelchair mm-hmm. and when you are like, cause I've been on crutches before. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if you've been on crutches too, but the way people look at you in a time like that is sometimes it feels very odd. It feels like 100%. I wish I could explain to you or you guys don't know the full story about me. Exactly. exactly. The closest thing to that is actually being in the entertainment Really? Yes, I because see. a lot of people meet you and they think that you're a certain person or they think you're a certain way, but they don't really know who you are. Definitely. And they look at you and they maybe they want something or they want to like judge you or do something. Um, and, and maybe they see you in a certain light or something. But very often the feeling is like, I wish I could connect with you more so that I could tell you and explain to you, you know, and, and I could share something good with you, you know, rather than just seeing someone who you know off like YouTube and be like, oh, hey, or someone off TV, you know? So I think like that longing to like, gosh, I wish I could I could do more for you or do more with mm-hmm. you, you know, I think is something that is very similar to um when when I'm wheelchair bound. But anyway, I digress. I'm being a bit selfish here. No, right? no please don't, <laughs> don't, don't, please <laughs> don't think you're selfish. <laughs> I, 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 I was very happy to hear that you have such a similar experience to uh, being wheelchair and everything. Right. I, especially when uh, in public, people look at me, a young boy, like yeah. in a wheelchair, they think I'm nonsense. They, they cannot believe I'm in a wheelchair. My right. legs look fine. I look fine. Yes. Why on earth why I be in a wheelchair? That, that's okay that's also another point so i had slip disc right mm. when i was like 19 so slightly younger than you i had really bad slip discs and it was very difficult for me to walk but that at that time i was at ns mm. so i was wearing an army uniform with slip disc that was so painful it's like agonizingly painful but i cannot sit on the mrt mm. so i used to just oh, yeah. stand because i know that people look at me and be like hey this ns boy why is he trying to like sit on a chair right, right. so i had to purposely stand even though my back was like agonizing right yeah. and then at some points i'll like try to go to find a corner and just like sit in the corner because it was just too painful um but yeah you know <laughs> it, 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 yeah can, it's it's i a can definitely time. imagine that yeah especially especially because mm, yeah. I, I there are times where i did take public transport and it was i just wanted to sit down because it was hopping for the worst yeah. i can't say oh i you want can't explain, I, yeah, right? I, I can't yeah, explain yeah. especially when uh the person in front of me definitely like it's like someone who most likely doesn't need it as much as me. Yeah. I feel like I feel a bit entitled here, but like that, yes, that yes. is most likely the situation. But that is the fact of the matter. The you know? the matter I, yeah. I think I think something which is we okay. We we talk about clouds having a silver lining, right, or like blessings, right? I feel like someone who's gone through what you've gone through, or who's going through what you're going through. You know, your ability to be compassionate, right, or to to feel other people's pain mm-hmm. is increased so much that i feel like when you've gone through something so tough right you become less um less judgy in a way you know and you kind of understand when you meet people you're like you know that person might be going through something right you know and what often what what meets the eye is just on the surface there's always more to that you know i think like um as i get older in life you know you're a young dude so i think it's 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 amazing that you have this ability or this level of compassion you know i think um when i was a lot younger right i i remember like I say this because recently I, I saw this dude do an interview and when I looked at him, I, I, I felt a little bit not comfortable. I felt a little bit unhappy with him because this guy was a young guy who was a successful guy and he was saying stuff like, um, you know, like, oh, really? You're feeling depressed? Ah, man, just fucking do something about it, man. Why do you just like chill? You know, I know you're depressed, but hey, depression's not going to cure itself. So just get up and do your thing. 
But <laughs> I get his point, you know, but then that reminded me of when I was in my 20s, you know, when I was like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, you want to do something, you know, get up and do it. You think it's impossible? It's possible, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think that as much as we don't want to wallow in our sorrows forever, mm-hmm. there needs to be a time of grieving. Definitely. Right? Bad news or trauma or something happens. There needs to be a period of griefing, of healing. Then, okay, yes, let's go up, you know. But yeah. we do need to understand and have compassion for those people who are grieving or who are going through that stage of recovery. Yeah. You know, and I think very, very often people either miss that stage or fail to understand that stage. Yeah, definitely. Right? Because uh, I personally think that... Grieving Sorry, are you, are you cold? Or no, you... no, definitely not. I'm no? 100% fine. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable. Okay, no I'm like freezing, so I'm going to change oh, yeah, a little bit. But Sorry. yeah, no, go on, go on. Anyway, because the reason is because uh, people who... I understand, obviously, like, like you, I understand why people have that mindset because they believe that action, inaction is the result of your, of your suffering, in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. if you don't do anything about it, it doesn't matter what your situation is. If you don't try your best, you will never succeed. Uh-huh. The thing is, grieving is so important, especially uh, because it helps our mind be mentally, more mentally prepared for what's coming next. Reasons because if you do not have the mental capability or mental, like in a sense, the men- you're not in the right mindset to mm-hmm. tackle what's next, you will topple and falls extremely easily yes because and not, that means that you're not meant you're not prepared for anything at all the minimum that you can be that you can be prepared for is mentally in some way yes. because even though uh something bad is coming to you right and you think that oh i just have to do it i just have to like pick uh, kick my feet up and like do it if you don't re- register and process it right you will not you didn't really learn anything from yes. that experience yes yes 100 percent. that's the thing yes mm. yes yes that's because a really being, good yeah, point you do, you, if you're constantly being ignorant of and not acknowledging the pain yes. you yeah, you've done yourself no favors and you suffered for nothing yes. and, and that is the most terrible thing to happen yes. suffer for nothing you've missed the revelation yeah, you've definitely. gone through the trauma but but essentially have missed what was revealed to you yes, yes. by not grieving, by just right. pushing it away and saying, I'm fine, I'm fine, and move mm, on. Mm. But when you take that time, I hear you, when you take that time to you know sit back, go take the time to go through it and grieve and heal and learn, you're kind of like being better as mm. well, right? Yeah, I def- mean, 100%. If we were to give it a gym analogy, it's like, we do different muscles all the mm-hmm. time, right? We do mm-hmm. a different part, we rest a few days, then right. we do it again. But if I keep tearing my chest every day, right? It right. doesn't give it time or to like heal. Or like you don't have enough rest in between. You would simply just say, just do it, just do it, just do it. Just keep pushing, just keep pushing. Right. You have no, no time for rest. You're not mentally prepared. You will, Your performance is significantly hindered by it. Not, yes. because, not because you physically cannot, but yes. because you mentally just have an accepted effect or you're just mentally not ready. That's right. right. Yeah, that's that's so true. You know, um, another analogy, um, slightly far-fetched, but still still an analogy was um i i had a i, I invited the strongest man in singapore on, oh, the, on my podcast oh you heard that so so taufik right so i remember like i was doing lifting along with some other bodybuilder friends of mine and we we would lift right and every time there was a failed lift he goes walk away mm. you know but but as young guys are oh, fuck it no i want to try it again i want right. to go again and, and he goes no no stop stop walk away and interestingly when someone stops trying mm walks away, resets, and mentally like configures everything correctly and comes back, they can lift again. Mm. It's incredible, right? Because I think muscle-wise, we we have a reset. Brain-wise, we have a reset. Concentration-wise, we have a reset. You know, I think that's that's so important. Um, Hey, I I wanted to ask, like, you know, I I think now we kind of, I have learned a lot more about, you know, cancer and what Mm -hmm. it does to the body and all that. Mm -hmm. Like, 
once or like having known that you have this condition, right? Have you made like, does it give you a, okay, how, how do I say this? It's almost like now you're a car with NOS. You know, okay. you've gone, I have I have gone through shit stuff. Mm-hmm. Now I know how fragile life is. Mm-hmm. It's like you fucking rise again like the phoenix and you have Definitely. another life. 100%. And it's like only then do you feel like, I don't know if there's a feeling of like invincibility. Oh, I do but, feel invincible. Right? I do. Right? And 100%. it makes you just have the guts to do shit, yes. you know? Like yes. I've hit the lowest of low, you know, my life sucked. And now that everything is all turned to shit, well, it cannot go down anymore right. so there's only up is yeah. there like a renewal 100% I definitely felt that I don't say there's a specific point but there are days where I really feel like especially after chemotherapy uh-huh. where how'd you say because uh, in the past I would always be too afraid to try a lot of things for example when I'm gymming uh-huh. uh, let's say I'm always afraid to tear a muscle because I like to push myself extensively uh-huh. and my friends call me crazy when I gym which is really which is really entertaining to see their reactions when they, when they see me exercise <laughs> then when once I reach uh, how'd you say after chemotherapy I worked I really had this mindset of like, okay, I've really gone through so much pain. Yeah. There is nothing on earth that can actually stop me or tell or dis- demotiv- unmotivate me or like discourage me from doing anything I want to do. Uh-huh. So I took every form of daring ability possible and I just did it. For example, in the past, I was scared of like heights, rides, everything. Now right. I can literally like look down on like some super, super tall, but like, I jump off this if I had a bungee right now, 100%. When I went to the gym, I will push myself 200%, 300% every single day. I will break PRs Constantly, because That's I fucking yeah, cool, right? Man. Because I mean, it's not it's not a big deal in my opinion. It's just it's just that it's yes. just I just push myself so hard because I know that I've gone through worse. My body, my mind knows I've gone through worse. Obviously, I need rest. But apart yeah. from those days, any day feels like every day feels like I've I can conquer it significantly more. Which yes. is because even which is because I really felt like I've muddled through so much dirt that yes. any form of victory feels like heavenly in a sense. I well. love that. Right, yeah, right, I love right. that. You know, I think. It, you know, as humans, right? I, I, I don't know. The, the way I see this is like God gifted us life. Mm. But very often we don't appreciate what we have in front of us until shit hits the fan, yes, right? We go through day after day and we, we eat and then we're like, all right, we have enough money. Okay, we go to sleep next day. Mm. Do, do your thing, you know, enjoy the little right. things in life. But, but it's like, you know, I, I don't know if the saying was like, you don't really live life until, you know, you've gone through this kind of trauma. Yeah, but, no, that's but actually I, very true. But I think it is. It, it really is. I think is. it is. It, like, yeah. you know, for, for me, like, I went through a period of very dark, like, depression. Mm-hmm. And that reminded me that the time to be a good person and the time to be a positive person and the time to love everybody is right freaking now. 100%. Right? Really, really is. Yeah. Especially because, uh, personally, uh, I... Okay, because every day when in the past and now I, okay, I have had depressive episodes once in a while. The reasons, sure. reasons for that is because, you know, in my situation, I always, I cannot help, help but think that uh, my, my situation is so garbage and crap to the point where why is it me? Like people don't even understand what it means to have cancer, what it means to have your life, everything that you've worked for since young, to be bullied, to be ridiculed, etc. every everything, to almost peak, because I was about to enter university, national yeah. service, peak peak of it, like pop off, get a degree and work really hard. Just all come crashing down because of something that is so in- unlikely to happen. It was right. a 0.01% in a yeah. sense, and I got it. 
That's the thing. So it was so un- unbelievably unlikely and sad. But I got it. And the thing is, obviously, these depressive episodes occur because I believe, like, I don't deserve this. Why am I doing this? I, I've, I, there are moments where I just cannot help but feel sorry for myself, even though I believe I want to keep pushing. Yes. However, once I've gotten past that, right, I've, I, once you endure so much suffering and pain, which is ironic, like, because I've heard, I heard this from um, Jordan Peterson, uh-huh. the, the pathway to lesser suffering is through more suffering, which is ironic, <laughs> which is right. 100%. Right, yeah. In, you need to be willing to accept pain and suffering in the face. Yes. And once your body and your mind has endured it, endured it, you are 100% more capable to do everything that you want much more, with much more happiness, enjoyment, yes. and overall just a lot more energy. Yes. A lot more energy. Yes. Yeah, really is. Because you appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you're like it. excited appreciate about it. People it. do not understand things because they don't go through pain. And so pain is the, obviously the number one teacher for a lot of things. It must pain everything. Right. Really, really. Do, so you still go through episodes of like, you know, I, I too like don't really like the phrase, but, but it is a fact that sometimes we feel sorry for ourselves. Mm. You know, sometimes yeah. we go through episodes where we're like, it's that, that same old question, why is it me? Yeah, why is it, why me, is it yeah. me? Why is it now? Why is there no answer? You know, like, why God? Why? You know, like, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I know kind of how that feels as well, you know. Um, yeah, but I think it's very real that you, you talk about going through it and yet day to day, like, you know, perking yourself back up. You know, I, I think maybe maybe now is a good time to, to kind of talk about this. Um, but I think when it comes to, like, breaking your way out of depression or like going out of a, a dark phase right um i think the the common way of looking at it is like life is happy always good and then life becomes shit and then you be sad 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 and then you suddenly climb up but that's not the way it goes usually it goes everything turns to shit then you go small happy day things turn to shit again yeah it's a constant up and down, up and down it's definitely. not like you know it's not like you 10 days of darkness and then <laughs> you rise right? right it's like some days are good some days are bad some yeah. days are really really good some days right. are so bad that you think you're back to square one mm. but no it's one step forward you know from one that we forward, build yeah. and we build yeah Things, man that's the thing like like uh, a lot of people say success is never a straight line Things that's true are never ever uh Oh, once it hits rock bottom, it will bounce right up. For some people, yes. But for majority of people, no. Because success and whatever happiness or whatever goal you want, just to be happier, etc., etc., right? Mm-hmm. It really requires one step at a time. It, it's never um, accumulate. It's never. It's never about being perfect once or twice. It's about being great every single time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. a good analogy mm-hmm. to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, love 100%. that. I love mm-hmm. that. We we've passed the one hour mark. I wanted to ask you, like, what are the things that that now you're excited about or you're passionate about (laughs) so uh overall uh in my opinion uh every day is i I don't really have much to be excited about nowadays but because my peak of like competitions and everything i've mellowed down obviously but i think that i'm always no no just just a bit closer would be better yeah yes yeah yeah this is good okay thank you you. okay great great so yeah i think it's in terms of like uh, exciting things not nothing particularly because as i said before uh more of my competitions have already mellowed in uh-huh. a sense so like i have no competitions looking forward to but i'm very happy to just see my friends and my friends uh, like day-to-day basis kind of thing mm-hmm. because like 
a lot of the time people like I said uh, appreciation so appreciation right. and of things around you because more of the more, more or less I I'm just happy to see my friends like their faces one more time obviously mm. and just happy to see that they are, they are they're smiling they I spend time with them they spend time with me I no longer require huge events in, in fact majority of the time I'm I'm at my happiest when I'm just chilling like in my room with my friends but those are good days those are good those are really good days days. right it doesn't have to be a huge trip to like the water park or something you can can be but the thing is if you want to save money spend all all I need is time and just time with you guys more than just more than that so so recently I I I learned about what joy was right so it's like uh, you know like what, what what does joy mean exactly and and my uh I what I learned was that Joy is two people connecting who are happy to be in the presence of each other. Mm. And that's joy. Definitely. You know, and I think that that's so true. Do you, do you have a strong group of like guy friends or friends that you usually hang out with? Yeah, yeah I do. I do. Because uh, it was terribly like, obviously, just through my situation, I've gone, uh-huh. definitely gotten a lot closer to those who I know that are there for me and those who aren't, obviously. Yeah. Because even though you think that you have, let's say, 50, 60 friends, right? When you go through such intense hardship, I'm pretty sure like, only those who are actually willing to go out of their way to yep. meet up meet up with you, see you at your house, or even like just say how are you, message you once in a while, check up on you. Even as something as simple as that really shows how important, uh how great how valuable that certain friends are and certain friends yeah. aren't. And in my you opinion, know quick. I know quick it you know shows quick. quick. Definitely quick. Yes. But the thing is What's ironic is because there are certain the people who don't ask for my, or like let's say don't ask for uh, how am I or anything, right? Mm-hmm. I don't consider them bad people at all. The reason sure. is because these people are terribly busy with their lives. I, sure. A lot of my friends say that I'm terribly sorry coming out of you. I have my own personal episodes of depression, depression. My therapist, etc., etc. So I can't be there with you. But I really am. I really feel terrible for your situation, and I hope things get better. They, I, can you meet up once or twice? In my opinion, or because right. you don't. They don't necessarily put up with uh, like they don't ask me constantly. It doesn't mean they're bad people. More or less, they just have other commitments which I can simply cannot judge about. Mm-hmm. I, I can't just be all like, oh, you didn't ask how it was during this, that time. <laughs> You're automatically bad because they ha- they have their own stuff. That right, that's the thing. Be, so right. I think it's good for people to understand that people, as much as people want to care about you, right? Self care yeah. matters the most at this point of time. Can, can I ask like? You know, now that you've that you're surviving cancer, you know, mm. as we speak, now yeah. that you're surviving cancer, do you find that people find it easier to talk to you? Yes, uh, definitely to a certain extent, they are more willing to open up because they understand that in my condition, obviously, it is very hard for people to be all like, oh. Uh, how could you understand my pain even though because you've never gone through it but people are now more willing to talk to me especially yeah. those who are more reserved regardless yeah, of regardless, what regardless, exactly through, right? because they understand that they, they because people in general want to relate and speak to someone who understands what it's like not those who have been privileged in a sense right. because humans truly bond through suffering very yes, well yes, that's, 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 the thing. True. that's, that's true that's the really is so because of this uh, I'm able to speak and talk to my friends who like hell of like mental issues and everything. I'm so happy to be there for them. And right. that's, that's all that, that's all that. It's, it's tricky, you know, something which, I mean, if if my podcast can do anything, you know, I wish insurance and all that stuff would cover mental health. <laughs> you know, I think that this is like, I think right now the world is starting to understand mental health, you yeah, know, but 100%. I think that it is very important to draw the line between mental health and self-pity 
Mm. You know, there's a difference between I know I'm unwell and I would like to make a change and I need help, mm. you know, versus eh, I just can't be bothered. You know, I just want to chill every day and do nothing and I'm just going to be lazy. You know, it's, it's very difficult to draw the line, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, I think mental health is really a thing, yeah. you know, and and um, and it's not wrong to ask for help as well. 100%. You know, I think yeah. what makes you so like valuable or I see so much power in what you do is the ability to be vulnerable Mm. you know you're like look I'm like an open book if you want to talk about you know the things in my life sure I'll let you know what happened to me you know I mean it's 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 not easy to talk about it I mean it's it's a testicular thing you know Mm. to begin with you know but for you to say that so openly you know and be able to converse with it that is I think extremely powerful Mm. Um, I think just now you were mentioning something about like people that even go through stuff about like image you were saying Mm, yeah yeah so how how does that part because um, I really the reason why people uh, uh it, it kind of like correlates to like people who are comfortable to talk to me sure. reasons because I always have uh envy and uh, not not envy I always uh, have such great amount of respect for those who do and put in effort for what they lack in. For example, mm-hmm. people who are born with certain disabilities, like example, a lot of my friends are born. Some of my friends are born with a lisp, so sometimes right. they speak and they can't be understood very well. Right. Some people are just naturally very very shy, very very introverted. Then uh-huh. they don't have they have difficulty making friends, even though they really want to. Mm-hmm. Even something as simple as like it can range from disabilities to something as simple as unattractiveness, how your face is shaped and everything. Because right. a lot of my friends are very attractive, but a lot of my other right. friends, they may, in in my opinion. They look great, but the right. thing is, they don't have that in them. Their confidence in them, even though right. because they comparing themselves to like the top one percent of the world. In my yeah, opinion, that's mad stupid. Yeah, that's but that's the thing. Uh, these people are unattractive. They believe themselves to be unattractive anyway, or mm-hmm. they believe that their life is over because they or because they are born with something they have no control of. But right. obviously. I think that it's very important for us to understand that, okay, it is true that we are born all differently, some more privileged than others, some not. Sure. And I have, I have a number of female friends, actually, who are terribly, who are born with such fantastic looks that right. a lot, they, they get almost anything they want. And I wish this was an understatement. I really wish this was an understatement, but yes, judging, by their, you know, judging by their day-to-day basis, right, yeah. the guys would pay for everything. They would sure. bring them on great dates and everything. And sure. I do not, un- and, had had an instance where my uh this particular not not really a friend of mine anymore. She managed to enter NTU all because of a connection because she was attractive. It really oh, wow. ang- it really angered it really angered me and my friends because we worked so hard for everything. Yeah. So that's yeah. yeah that's, you, you know um <laughs> yeah like uh, cut me off if I'm okay, if I'm, okay. I'm digressing too much okay, but. Okay. You bring up an interesting point, hmm. you know, and I do think that. This is a legit thing, you know. Right. This is something that, um, I mean, this this goes into gender as well, right? Yeah. You know, like, um, um, <laughs> we're not, okay, we're yeah, in a sensitive yeah. topic. Yes, we're in yeah. a very fine line right that, now. That's correct. We're like walking on tightrope tight right now, right? right? It's like, so I recently heard about this thing spoken of, right? That like, yes, there are attractive women that get away with certain things or, you know, can do whatever they want because mm-hmm. they feel like, you know, I'm attractive and do whatever I want and use my looks to my advantage. Yes, having said that, there is a lifespan to this. Mm. You are not going to be attractive past a certain age, right? Mm -hmm. Like they say, like women, men age like wine and women age like milk, perhaps, you know? (laughs) And it's like, you know, and and that's the other thing, right? A a lot of times females 
um, their looks are very important to them. Mm. Whereas with a guy, in order to to find a suitable partner, looks are not always the number one thing, mm. right? You yep, like yep. how can you provide? You know, what right. sort of are you a good listener? You know, you know, right. there's so many things. What sort of emotion? What sort of do you give sense of security to the lady? Mm. You know, there's right. so much. Definitely. But having said that, I think men are very visual creatures. You know, and we're out there because. When a lady's attractive, a lady's attractive, you right. know, and guys like, you don't want to do that, you know, but like the fact of the matter is that if somebody actually steps on your foot and it's some like burly dude, you probably won't be as gracious as like some really pretty lady who's like, oh, I'm so that, sorry. Yeah, You're like, oh, that's perfectly fine. You know, <laughs> step on my foot again. You know what I mean? So, but for me personally, like, uh, you know, there's a, like a hierarchy of like, uh, what's most, what do you look for in a man? Like, say, sure. Let's say like, or a partner, looks, money, etc. Et I forgot the list. I think it's like six or seven items okay. for me personally like obviously physical attractiveness is the this last because right. do, you, do you understand this concept of like the moment even if someone doesn't seem very attractive to you at first uh-huh. you know the person you get to know the person right they become All of a sudden, yeah, their physical attractiveness yeah. just skyrockets it's really fascinating yes it really, it really is yeah. Yes, I, I, I agree. And I mean that's the difference between Nike Hunt, right? And someone who's like you just see, you know, first first of all like a like a bright firework. Um mm-hmm. so um my okay, let me see how I'm gonna talk about this. Okay. Um okay, somebody who I know mm-hmm. owns a um an establishment. Okay, fuck it, I'll just say it. Okay, my brother owns a hotel. <laughs> okay. You know, and very often there are girls that go to his hotel. I mean, it's just not just my brother's hotel, but hotels everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. You get these like rich influencer girls that come in and then they're like chilling and living okay. their life and whatnot. And I think very often, right, on social media they look like they're having so much fun. Right. You know, but how empty is it? Mm. You know, that's something that we would never know. You know, I think very often we're like, oh man, this person gets away with so much, you know, they're beautiful, whatnot, you know. And and then we see that flip side of like, oh shit, they're lonely. Right. And it's almost like, imagine if you signed up for Taekwondo Mm. and tomorrow you got a black belt. Right. Your black belt wouldn't mean shit to you. You'd yeah, be like, mean, right, right. Nah, it's nothing, you know. But right. if you grind for like five years to get your black belt, you know, it means something. Right, so right. the object is the same, but the journey you've gone through to attain, to attain it is different, mm, right? Mm, definitely. Yeah, Which is but, why but, pe- people always say the journey is the most important thing. The, the, the yes. destination is definitely important, but sure. what did you do to get to what you are? Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, I, I, I hope you find someone who looks is not the priority but then you ended up with someone who like (laughs) if if i may biasly say with my wife like i'm not i i i think because i was from entertainment previously right you see um people who the public perceives as attractive all the time until it's like i kind of get numb to it right you know and then you look for other qualities right Mm. and you're like you know what really makes a person and then this and then and then I end up with my wife, who's I who I think is a great person. I think she's pretty as well. You know? um, yeah, but I think I, I think um, you know that 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 topic in itself is um, is very loaded, right? There's right. there are a lot of things to to talk about it. But I think uh, the point that you're making about you know um, being teaching people how to deal with situations, right. right? Or like the 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 point that you are making is like you want to be there and help people who. Um, help people maximize what they're born with right so whatever the situation is you know how do you deal with it and make it a strong point not let it weaken you but how do you rise above Mm. that especially because uh someone like me who is okay this may sound entitled but like someone like me who has 
gone through quite obviously quite a bit mm-hmm. and someone who in my opinion I don't believe I'm very attractive as well but the thing is uh, <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think some ladies might disagree but, but go on yes. yeah. Yeah. but the thing is that uh, I understand how it's like to uh, be born with something that you're not you're not happy with mm-hmm. or something that you have absolutely no control over whatsoever but the thing yeah. is it's what's important what's important is to maximize uh, every opportunity to sure. make yourself better for example I believe uh, my physical appearances aren't good. So what I do, I go to the gym, I look physically a, a little bit better, mm. I become stronger, I can be able to stand up for myself. I was weak, I right. trained to be strong. I'm, uh, in a sense, no matter what- You're bettering yourself. Right, I'm always bettering myself every single day. Mm. And uh, what I really like is that there are a lot of people who, uh, no matter how slow they're going, right, I can see it in, the, in, like, in their eyes, like they are trying so hard, mm-hmm. sweat dripping, like, constantly even though the weight that somebody say oh it's such a light weight why are you cheering for him dude yeah. he's doing it with proper form yes. every single every single rep is one step closer to greatness sure. and that is such a fantastic thing to say because it was never like i said like you said it's mm. not it's about the journey not necessarily about destination sure. someone may be a big massive guy who has yeah. like i don't know how many years of training but the thing is yeah. he if he's such a asshole about it about and everything yeah. i i prefer the skinny guy who is always trying their best and, and i never have like a sense of like ego in a sense where it's like oh I'm happy where I am no I always strive right. to be one step better one step closer that's kind of, true no 100% like yeah. you know see, yeah. you know C-Bum right obviously uh, bodybuilder guy yes, yeah, bodybuilder, yes yeah. I don't know even yes. though he's a three times world, world, world champion right mm-hmm. he always humbles himself so much right. which is really fantastic because this really puts into perspective that uh, you can always uh do better or be better in my opinion right. because we are always building ourselves up in a sense mm. yeah I love that I, I think I think the ability, like from hearing you, right? I think that I think you you gain a lot of joy from seeing other people succeed. Hundred percent. You know, and I think that that is something that for me I only learned to do later on in life because mm. as a young guy I see everyone as competition. Mm. You know, and I find it very hard to be happy for somebody else's success. Yeah. You know, but as I get older, you know, and and I and I mature, I I'm more happy when I see people succeed. You know, oh. I'm excited for that guy. Right, right, right. He's doing well. He might be my competitor, but. I'm excited for him. Do I lose the competitive edge? No, I'm still going to compete to, right. to I'm going to put my life exactly. on the line, exactly. but I am able to, you know, be happy for that mm. person. Right. Mm. Yeah. Hey, um, I, just cause we're quite a bit over an hour now and, mm. uh, you probably need to go and eat <laughs> and I need to eat and stuff yeah, as well. But, um, yeah, I wanted to ask you, right? Like just now you were talking about, you know, family and, and the difficulties there. Mm. Right. Like I, I wonder just, just mm. sharing, right. Mm. I wonder if, the new journey that you're going to go on after you've discovered something and you're at this really amazing um, height of maturity, I, I wonder if another layer that will soon come is a layer of forgiveness. Ah, yes. You know, where that you... Where you what, yeah, yeah what, what you have, you've hit it right on the nail because right. that is my current struggle in terms of where... I, take, I won't say taking maturity, my maturity to the next level, but understanding the concept of forgiveness because... Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been, I won't say wronged a lot in my life, but I've definitely been uh, treated quite unfairly, obviously. My parents, my, my, my father was uh, not the best role model, my sister wasn't either. Mm-hmm. And my, my mom tends to be a very like uh, aggressive once in a while. So that's the thing. The concept of forgiveness is so difficult because you need to realize that uh, even though they have done terrible things to you, mm-hmm. you must learn to push it by, uh, bypass it. Mm-hmm. But, but it's difficult for me because in my opinion, um, the 
the treatment of how I was treated, like how I was born and raised, right, mm-hmm. really affected my potential because I really believed I could have achieved a lot more. Mm-hmm. Because I honestly believe that if I was in Taekwondo much earlier and letting me, they let me to Taekwondo in like five or six, right, I would be like, uh, uh, I, I wouldn't say like, I won't say national level, but yeah. like at least somewhat much more competent and uh, at a more satisfactory level of like right. performance. Or why did they? restrict me so much because in the past as well I could not I have terrible social anxiety that, that, is, right, that, that is a fact because right. I, I could not go out I could not do anything apart from just be at home study mm. go up go, uh, go for school kind of thing so the, that's the thing concept of forgiveness is so difficult for me because I truly believe I wasn't necessarily robbed but I was mm. limited so much because and I, and I felt so much so many intense emotions of anger, hatred, uh, sadness, depression, all sure. because of how I was raised, all because the person that was supposed to bring me up tore me down constantly. Yeah. So learning to forgive someone like that is a journey that I have never, it would take probably like near a lifetime for me to like fully let us sink in. Sure. I, I've definitely gotten better at forgiving people because mm-hmm. in the past I always say, oh, you've done such a petty thing to me, I will not forgive you again. Yeah. But the thing is, now I believe I've reached a point where I can start forgiving people more often because mm-hmm. I realize that hatred is extremely tiring. Hatred, yes. pain, as well as uh, all these things, right? They technically shaped me to who I am today. So yes. that's at least the minimum I can be grateful for, in a sense. If yeah. You, if you understand yeah, that. no, I, I, I totally agree. I think, um, yeah, so something that changed the perspective between my parents and I. So I actually have a pretty tricky uh, relationship with my parents growing up. I wasn't able to connect with them very well. Mm-hmm. Um, one month ago, I went to Okinawa with my wife. So okay. it was my mom, my dad, my brother, my wife and I. Mm-hmm. Best family holiday in my life <laughs> and love my family so much, That's you know. Lovely. But in order to get to that stage, I we all went through lots of ups and downs, mm-hmm. you know. And um I think that the phrase, the concept that really helped me understand things from my parents' perspective is that they did what they knew was best at that point. Mm. Right? So and an example is like if I if I look at the me today and I look at the me of the past, I am embarrassed about the me of the past. Oh, yes. I'm like, shit, I should have been a better yeah, person, yeah. you know? But I think likewise, our parents also hold a lot of mm. that, right? They're like, ah, oh, damn, I wish I could have been a better parent, you know? I'm sure that that, right. that there is, you know? But I think also being in, in the Asian culture, it's very rare that our parents will come up to us and say, hey, I'm oh, so yeah. sorry for Apologizing it. was, out of my 21 years, my father never apologized once. There you go, right? right? There you go. But but I wonder if on the flip side, you know, he was also very, uns- he was disappointed and, you mm. know, embarrassed by mm. himself, you mm. know? Um, and, and I, and you know, very often our parents would tell us like, oh, when you become better, now that you understand. <laughs> but it's freaking true. Yeah. Because, yeah. Um, so my wife and I, I, I've shared this on the podcast before, but we, we went through a miscarriage, you know? I see. But if it wasn't for the miscarriage, we, we would have had a baby by now. Mm. I'm terribly sorry and, to hear that. Oh, it's, it's all good. Um, this is another learning journey as well, mm. you know. But um, the way I see it is like, if I had a child today, right, mm. I guarantee you that the parent that I am is not perfect. Oh. You know, <laughs> and how can I expect that my parents, when they gave birth to me, was about the same age, how could they have been perfect then? Mm. You know, they, they did the best in their ability and they were probably going through lots of hard stuff as mm. well, you know. Mm. So... 
you know but 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 i think this is a really positive thing you know because forgiveness is always a journey and it's really yeah. nice to hear that you're like that you're aware of it you know when yeah. you're like oh you hit the nail on the head it was like you were aware that this is like the next journey that that you're gonna go through mm. you know i think that's so much fun and um, <laughs> yeah man hey thanks so much for the whole chat today um <laughs> i learned freaking so much man and this is the first uh, podcast i had to like sit water to like hold down uh, emotions <laughs> but thank you man that, that was such a journey this, and, this uh, really felt um quite uh, surreal to me thank you so much Eden I really appreciate the time and inviting me here I, I'm I'm lost for words really <laughs> what a pleasure man I, I will share this with you when it comes out and mm. um, yeah I hope it goes out to people you know I hope it really perks people up um, they can listen to this while they're gymming and all that and um, mm. yeah I hope everyone's <laughs> Lives are gonna be better, man. Um, let's Life. catch. Let's catch another drink as well. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Sounds yeah. good. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good day. Bye bye. Bye bye.